Hey, if you listen to this podcast week after week, then you will absolutely love my books. There's Travel Light, which basically gives you all of the steps for following your heart. And then there's Knowing Where to Look, which is full of inspirational stories and anecdotes that will help you shift your perspective in the most inspiring way. And for those of you who can't seem to crack the meditation code, grab a copy of Bliss More, How to Succeed in Meditation Without Really Trying, and your meditation practice will never be the same. All of those books are available on Amazon, as well as everywhere else books are sold. That's Travel Light, Knowing Where to Look, and Bliss More. All right, back to the show. But I was very tired because I was learning how to be a copywriter. I didn't knew what was that. And then I was doing these copies for brands that had nothing to do with me, like alcohol brands. And I was like, why am I doing this? And then in this moment when I was like trying to pay all my bills, I guess that I felt I was overwhelmed. And when I was writing, there was another person who was editing every word that I was saying because you needed to follow rules. And I was very tired of that. I was like, I don't belong here. I remember that that job, it was in this like crazy rich neighborhood here in Mexico City. And I was like, what am I doing here? I'm miserable. I'm not doing nothing. I'm not changing a thing. And then I quit. Hey there, it's Light Watkins, your host, and we are back with another story from the end of the tunnel. If you are new to this podcast, here is what you are in for today. I interview luminaries, artists, philanthropists, creatives, and basically anyone who has gone above and beyond to become the change that they want to see in the world. Sometimes they start movements. Other times they create films or they write books that inspire people. Or in the case of this week's guest, they opened the first plant-based restaurant in Latin America. And that is how chef Mariana Blanco is being the change that she wants to see in the world right here in the heart of Mexico City. Now, some of you know I've been spending a lot of time in Mexico City during 2021. And while walking around the Roman Norte neighborhood one day, I stumbled into this very charming little restaurant called Los Losers, which is spelled with two O's. And I ate there and it was awesome. And then I came back again and I ate there and it was awesome. And then I came back a third time. And that time I ran into a friend of mine there who told me that it was a plant-based restaurant. And I didn't believe him. I could have sworn that I had eaten meat several times at that restaurant when I went there before. But as it turns out, he was right. And he went on to tell me about the amazing chef and owner of Los Losers, Mariana Blanco, and her whole backstory. And then later I met her and I was so fascinated by her mission of introducing non-vegans like myself to a plant-based diet through the use of mushrooms. Much of her food is composed of dozens and dozens of varieties of mushrooms. And the way she prepared it was so unique and delicious that she now travels around the world introducing other people and, and collaborating with other restaurants around her unique cuisine using mushrooms. Mariana basically started out as the odd bird in her friend group growing up, and she didn't drink, she didn't smoke. 
she was the only one in her family who had chosen to be vegan even as a young child. And as an adult, she was teased for being weird. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that. After working in a coffee shop, she literally fell into a job in journalism. And then later on, she began making these veggie burgers from her apartment and delivering them on her bicycle. Side note, she's obsessed with riding bicycles. When she would take orders through Instagram and Facebook. She didn't have a website. Anyway, that led to her opening up this restaurant eight years ago. And then every step has been guided by her passion for clean food and a purpose for changing people's minds about what plant-based food can actually taste like. And how a friend of hers calling her a loser for not being into partying and drinking actually inspired her to be that change that she wanted to see by creating a community of those people who do appreciate healthy, clean, delicious food and lifestyle. I loved her story and I really can't wait to share it with you. But before we get into the conversation, I want to let you know about my online community that I'm really passionate about, which is called the Happiness Insiders. It's basically a community that picks up where this podcast leaves off as the overall goal of sharing these conversations is to remind all of us that we each have a greater purpose and a personal mission. And while it's one thing to know that intellectually and to sit there and pontificate on it in our minds, it's another thing to actually take action and to leap in the direction of that mission. And so that's the goal of the Happiness Insiders. It's about giving you the tools and the community for cultivating happiness within through various inner practices like meditation and gratitude and and weekly goal setting and exercises for overcoming fear and other master classes. And then to use all of that exercise and practice to actually create a more purposeful life. So if you're ready for that type of spiritual adventure, because it's very much an adventure, you can find more information about that at thehappinessinsiders.com, which I will, of course, include in the show notes. And there's also a three-day free trial as well, and you can get access to my seven-day meditation kickstart as a part of that three-day free trial. So check that out when you can. It's thehappinessinsiders.com. And in the meantime, let us get to the story behind the story of Chef Mariana Blanco and see exactly how she turned the name Loser into something positive and delicious. Mariana Blanco, such a pleasure having you on the podcast. Just a quick story. I was walking by your restaurant, Los Losers. So that's how I discovered it. I literally was just walking by. I'm staying currently in Mexico City. I'm staying three blocks away. And I went in there and I ate and it was amazing. And then I went back again and I ate and it was amazing. (laughs) And look, I don't speak Spanish that well. And the menu is all in Spanish. So it looked like just regular sort of more higher end taco Mexican sort of cuisine. And then I saw a friend there and I told you this story. I saw a friend there and he told me that it was a plant-based restaurant. I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) It's it's not a plant. Maybe they have some plant-based items, but I'm pretty sure the stuff I had before was not plant-based. And we had this little debate for five or 10 minutes about whether or not it was a plant-based restaurant. And so he told me about you and how amazing you were. And then you and I connected the last time I was in the restaurant. And so that's what led to this conversation. So I'm excited because I have since learned that 
that Los Lucers was, I believe, the first plant-based restaurant in Mexico. All of Mex- Mexico City is like the third largest city in the world. Yeah. So that's crazy how this is the first plant-based restaurant out of all 30 million people. Yeah, it is crazy. And it's more than 10 years. But yeah, it was the first plant-based option in the whole country. And the thing with a lot of vegan restaurants, I'll call them vegan for right now because I was actually vegan for many, many years, like 12 or 15 years or something. I'm currently not vegan now, but I still love vegan cuisine and I'm I'm plant-based is my sort of foundation. But when I was vegan in New York City in the 90s, and then later in LA, you know, that's where all the different seitan and the soy products and the tempeh products were gaining popularity. And every restaurant was basically a bunch of seitan options, seitan chicken and soy burgers and whatnot. Fake meats. Uh-huh. Fake, the fake meat phase. And I call mm-hmm. that the dirty vegan phase. And then you eventually graduate from that to the clean vegan phase. But, <laughs> but you're on this mission and this is my own interpretation of your mission, but to expose non-vegans to a plant-based cuisine that doesn't actually taste like a plant-based cuisine. Is that what totally. you agree that that is the mission? Because you're not really catering to vegans, even though it's plant-based. I don't cook for vegans. I don't like to cook for vegans because for me, it's kind of boring. Not in a bad sense, but I really want to cook every day for omnivores because by doing that, I'm changing something. I'm doing a little change, you know? Yeah, you're changing minds and hearts about what it means to eat plant-based. Right. And for me, I mean, I love to cook. I love to eat. I love to travel for searching food and cool places to eat, like normally in the markets, street food. But I haven't eaten eating animals for my whole life. And I don't like to go to vegan places. For me, it's not an option. I love to go to normal places and and make friends with the chefs, with the cooks, you know, with the team. And then all the time I'm telling this huge lie that I'm allergic and then I can die if I <laughs> eat like a piece of, I don't know, chicken. And then they cook something for me. And sometimes, I mean, most of the times they add those dishes to their menu. So for me, it's like I'm trying to do changes in people's minds and trying to show them how amazing it is to do experimentations with food, with vegetables. And I mean, my cuisine is based on mushrooms, wild mushrooms from Mexico, mostly from Oaxaca, and also from Japan and South Korea. So it's amazing the things that you can make with mushrooms. Hey there, really quickly, have you wanted to find your purpose or be more grateful or start a daily meditation practice, but you're not quite sure where to begin? Well, if inner work is like a drop of water, thehappinessinsiders.com is like your ocean. 
That's my online community where you can learn real-world techniques for cultivating more fulfillment from the inside out. So whether it's learning how to manifest abundance or access your potential or overcome fear or even just start walking every day, I've got a blueprint for you, which means you no longer have to use any more shoddy guesswork. And you don't have to use the lone wolf approach to improving yourself. For a small accountability fee, you'll get community, you'll get accountability directly from me, and you'll get comprehensive instructions for getting your meditation practice off the ground. And for my podcast listeners, you'll receive 30% off of the all-access pass if you go to thehappinessinsiders.com right now and use the promo code HAPPY. Again, thehappinessinsiders.com. Enter the promo code HAPPY and you'll get 30% off on a yearly all-access pass, which gives you access to dozens of inner work challenges and masterclasses such as my 108-day meditation challenge, which has an 80% completion rate. Plus, you get to join me live for weekly meditations on Zoom and much, much more. That's thehappinessinsiders.com. The code is HAPPY. All right, back to the episode. I want to start off by talking about your childhood, if that's okay. And also, I just want to acknowledge you for coming on and, and speaking with me in English while we're in your country. <laughs> I appreciate that. So you grew up in Oaxaca? In Mexico City. Oh, you grew up in Mexico City. Yeah. Okay. When you think back to your childhood, did you have a favorite toy or activity? Yeah. I had two things. or Maybe three things. I'm a long life cyclist. So I really love to take my bicycle. And it was like against the rules from my house, you know, because I wasn't able to go outside to play with the kids. I was like, it's different here in Mexico. There's this huge macho culture, you know. So I was doing that every day. I was getting like grounded all the time. And I was doing that. I really loved that. Was that so, because you were a woman? You weren't allowed to go outside and play? You were supposed to yeah. be inside and play with dolls or something? Basically, it was different. I mean, um, if you were a kid, it was no problem. You could go outside and being li really late at your place. But as a girl, it was different. In my house, it was different. And I grew up learning that and living this really violent life, you know? And then I was cooking for myself since I was seven. I really enjoyed to do that because one of my favorite things, it was that I was watching maybe for two hours every day. There was a TV channel that was showing you Asian uh, shows for kids. Like cartoons? No, it was more like puppets. Okay. But they were like <laughs> tiny animal kids. They were kids. Okay. okay. And they had these like really hard lives. They were bullying, poor no friends and they were like facing lots of problems and the moment when they felt better it was when 
their parents or friends were like sharing food with them. And I felt that I wasn't, a, I don't know, like alone at all. You know, I grew up believing that I wasn't enough, that I wasn't smart, that I don't know, it was like very hard for me. But watching those shows made me felt a little less sad. So it was the bicycle, my cooking, my, I mean, I was trying to do it for me. And then watching these Japanese shows and, and me as a reflection of those animals that in a way they were like part humans. It was very crazy. Was there one particular animal character that you identified with the most on that show? Yeah, it was a monkey. <laughs> this little monkey that was very funny, but he was the one who was more slow. He was like all the time doing it all wrong and everyone were making fun of him. And he was like very funny to watch, but in a way... In that moment, I believe that he was my friend. Why did your parents make you or tell you to cook your own food at seven years old? And what kind of food were you actually cooking? I remember that both of my parents, they worked. and. They got at the house very late and I just wanted to make them feel good. So the first time I made them a soup, a terrible soup, it was all raw. It was disgusting. But I made that for them because I, I don't know why. Sometimes I'm, I'm thinking about or I'm asking me that question because I was very aware of mm -hmm our family situation, our money problems and stuff since I was a kid. So I was doing that for them. And then my dad, he said, wow, you cook like your grandmother. And she was from Oaxaca, from Villalta, Oaxaca. And she, she used to pick up like mushrooms in the forest. And she was very humble. She was very poor. And I guess that my family was like, wow, maybe you should cook for everyone, you know? But I was doing that just for myself. I remember me as a really young age that I was like cutting onions and putting them in a, in a pan with a, a little bit of olive oil and then adding lime and salt. And I was eating that as a snack while mm -hmm. other kids were eating chips and chocolates and ice cream. I was mm -hmm. doing that for me. But I grew up like that. And then I thought that everyone knew how to cook. But no, I thought that. And it was insane realizing that not everyone in that moment had that gift. For me, it's a gift because I am not a chef. I'm a cook. I love to cook. And I mean, 
I started, I went to college for at least seven months because I wanted to be a journalist. But I was very lucky since my whole life, I, I have been very lucky. And then I was writing for newspapers and magazines and, I don't know, working for TV networks and advertising agencies. And I learned from everyone, you know, I needed to quit the school because I needed to make a choice. And I guess it was one of the best choices from my life. What kind of student were you in school before you became a journalist? Did you get good grades? Did you, were you a self-starter? Did you need to be dragged to school by your parents? As I told you before, the life with my family was very hard for me. And it was very hard to make friends because in a year, maybe I was like in two different schools. It was insane. So I never could make friends. People now, they have friends from high school, from elementary, from college. I don't. I was always the new one. And I was a loner. You didn't have any brothers or sisters. It was just you? Yeah, I have one brother. And till today, I'm very distracted by everything. There's a lot of things going on in my brain. I'm always thinking, planning, imagining. Why journalism? It was crazy because I was really bad at math. I hated it. I was like, no, you know, it's not for me. I don't understand. I'm like stupid. And I remember that I needed to pick a career. It's insane how is like people doing that. But I remember that I asked, what's the career that doesn't like have math? And they said, journalism. I said, perfect. But nothing is a coincidence for me, or I do believe that. But since I was a kid, I was writing stories. I was talking to people and then writing my dreams in the next morning. I remember when I went to college, it was very boring. I was like, I don't know what is this. I don't know why I need to to read this. And it was really hard. And then I needed to have a part-time job. And I went to, to a coffee shop. I don't know why. I thought in a way that it was like (laughs) kind of glamorous. And I remember that in the interview from college, it was like 10 minutes walking that place. And the owner said, no, 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 you go to the second location. And I was like, why? No, no, no. It's like, it's very far. And he said, trust me. And I was working in that coffee shop for 29 days without realizing that at the 41st life floor, there was this huge and very important television network. And they hired me as an assistant of everything. And I was like, what? Me? Why? And then I quit the school because you, I mean, you needed to pay. And then we had money problems. 
So somebody came into the coffee shop who worked on the 41st floor and said, we really like you. We want you to come up. So, so it was uh, uh, the building uh, of the World Trade Center. And every morning I was like seeing these business guys, you know, all black and very like fancy, very miserable. But then in the middle of the day, I was watching these guys like very punks with like, shirts and long hair and they were like ordering coffee every morning every day and then i was talking to them hey what do you do and they were telling me oh we are like producing this tv show or we are doing this blah blah and i was like wow that's really cool and they were just talking to me one day there's lady I thought that she was very important because she was like very serious, very like mm. elegant. And I made her coffee that morning and I said, oh, so you work there. What do you do? And she was like, mm. oh, I'm a, she was like huge in that television network. And then I said, I remember that I said, oh, so I'm a student journalist as you. I said that. <laughs> and she said and what do you do here and I said I'm helping with my bills and she said okay so what time are you free of work I said 8 p.m she said okay so change your clothes and look for me I will be waiting for you I was like okay cool but I thought that it was like I don't know and I was like paying all the coffees with my tips. <laughs> I was like being very friendly because I'm like that, you know? And at 8 p.m., I was very happy to go to that floor because the view, it's amazing. And when I got there, the ladies from the reception, they were like very excited. Like, what is happening? I was like, I don't know. Maybe it's a, like a tour from the from all the offices. And I don't know. And all the guys that I was making their morning uh, coffees, they were like, hey, Mariana, what are you doing here? Blah, 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 making jokes with me. And she said, tonight she's working here. Mm. I was like, what? And they hired me. That day, my life changed, you know, mm -hmm. because I have moments in my life when I was finally seen by someone, mm. someone care, someone saw something in me. And from that, everyone, without asking any help, they were trying to help. Like, Mariana, we need a new writer for this newspaper. And I was like, but I don't know how to do it. And they were like, don't worry, we are helping you. And I was like, okay, Mariana, we need this, this, this. Because I was living by my own, when I was 17, I chose mm -hmm. to move out and I was struggling. I was surviving every day. So in a normal day, I had three to four jobs mm -hmm. and I was very happy. I was learning and I was doing everything by no following any rules. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain it, but those guys or my teachers, they were like teaching me how to learn 
and have fun at the same time. But yeah, I mean, it was like meant to be. Did she ever say what she saw in you later on after you began working in the office or why she invited you up or anything like that? No. And I never asked. I was a kid, you know, honestly, I was discovering the world. My whole life, I felt that I was trapped. I felt that I couldn't see. And then I was discovering everything. I wasn't attending parties. I was just focused on learning. Well, you are also living this vegan lifestyle. What inspired the veganism? Do you remember the first moment where you thought, okay, I'm not going to eat any meat? And how did you sustain that throughout all those years? Well, it wasn't for me being conscious about a life from an animal. I remember that my family made a chicken broth and I said, this has blood and I can see a bone, you know? And they were like, yes, like eat it because it was expensive, you know? (laughs) And I said, no, I mean, there's a vein, there's blood, there's a bone. It's like, it's disgusting. So I was all the time refusing and refusing and refusing. And it was very hard because here in Mexico, everything is all about meat. I mean, we are meat eaters. And it was very weird to to someone, you know, reject uh, like food. It was not normal. And I remember going to the markets and watching the chickens with the, I don't know, saliva, really weird fluids with this crazy texture. And I was like, this is disgusting, you know? Did you have a community of people that you connected with as you became a little bit older? Uh, Like, for instance, when you were working on the 41st floor of that building, did you have your vegan friends or were you the only one that you knew who was practicing veganism at the time? No, 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 no. I mean, the name of my restaurant, Los Losers, is because someone called me a loser, one of my closest friends, because I was trying to be different, to be better, to whatever. So no, that's the reason that I, my whole life always felt that I didn't belong here. All my friends, they were like the opposite as me. I was the only cyclist, the only vegan, the only crazy person with too many jobs. The only person who was like saying no to a party, to a concert, like, no, 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 because I need to write something. They were like, who cares? There's a party. Why did you cycle so much? Was it for exercise? Did you, was there some other reason you, you enjoyed it? So I, I learned how to ride a bicycle before learning how to walk. <laughs> and yeah, but I guess I remember that freedom when I was a kid, like mm-hmm. trying to run away from my home. That made me feel happy, you know, and free. Right. Maybe it's, it's, it was that feeling, but then if you think about it, when you are riding a bike, it's like you are 
flying. You are flying. You are in control. You are your own laser. You know, you are following your own rules. You are doing whatever you want. And for me, the bicycle gave me that. It's me and my best friend. So in 2011, you quit your job as a journalist. Why? And what was your plan? Because you had no savings. Yeah. At that time, I was working in an advertising agency. And it was very weird because it is. Yesterday morning, one of my friends from that moment, he went to have breakfast at Los Losers. And when I saw him, I was like, wow, I remember so many things. And he was like, do you remember that you were all the time saying, let's go for food? I found this lady in the streets. And I was like, no, I don't remember. Mm. And that was like one of my favorite moments in my, in my day at that moment. It was like riding my bike to that job. And it was very, very far. It's, it was like this crazy hill, you know? And then it was like lunchtime and then on my way back home because it was imagine super fast. But I was very tired because I was learning how to be a copywriter. I didn't knew what was that. And then I was doing these copies for brands that had nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Like alcohol brands, soda right. brands. And I was like, why am I doing this? You know? Mm-hmm. And then I got in this moment when I was like trying to pay all my bills. And I guess that I felt overwhelmed. And when I was writing, there was another person who was editing every word that I was saying, you know, because mm-hmm. I, 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 you needed to follow rules. And I was very tired of that. And it was a Friday. I was really tired. I was like, I don't belong here. I remember that job. It was in this like crazy rich neighborhood in Mexico, here in Mexico City. And I was like, what am I doing here? I'm miserable. I'm not doing nothing. I'm not changing a thing. And then I quit. When I quit, I realized that I barely had savings. The rent from my apartment, it was an apartment from the 50s. It was crazy. It was very cheap. It was amazing. Almost like a dream. And I had maybe like $250 as my whole savings. And then I went to the market. There's this huge market. Se llama, the name is La Merced. It's crazy. And I was like, okay, so I know that there's that, that here there's like a kitchen market. And I found this beautiful and awful pizza oven. And I bought it. And I was like, okay, I'm doing my own food. I'm pretty sure that my friends, they are going to buy sometimes so I can pay my bills and I'm doing it. When I thought about the name, it was Los Losers with Mm. the 
double O because it's the wheels from my bike. Why not Perdedora? Why do you choose an English name for your business? I mean, it's a word game because it says loss, which is the, the losers. I don't know. I don't know. It was just like I was making fun of me, literally, (laughs) (laughs) because all my life I felt like a loser, that I wasn't belonging, that I was an alien. I love alien life and I love, you know, the stars, the moon, the planets. I I love it. Did the name and just occur to you or did you have to sit down and write out five different options and then you chose Los Losers? No, it became in in a second. And you just knew that's it. That's it. I'm going to call it Los Losers. Yeah. And I remember that I had a few friends, uh, girlfriends, and I said, I have the name. It's crazy. Blah, blah, blah. And they were like, it's awful. I was like, <laughs> no, it's Los Losers. I'm a loser. Everyone is a loser. And they were like, no, 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 it's, it's awful. It's awful. But then it, it's, it's very funny because there's this hashtag. It's lost losers sign. So people all over the world is sending lost losers sign. So it's like, like this. And then I see. And then I realized that I built my own world and it's crazy. I mean, my project, it's my personal mission, you know, and it saved my life. I remember that when I was 15, there was this like really heavy moment in my house and it's crazy. But I remember that when I went to bed, I said, please universe, I don't want to wake up in the morning. And I went to sleep with all my strength. I was like, please, I'm done. And next day I was alive. (laughs) And, And I forgot about that moment. It was just once in my life, you know. And I had this dream that night that I was in the middle of the forest. And it was, I don't know, maybe 6, 7 p.m., and I could smell the air, all the, the trees. And in the, I don't know, grass, I was like watching these tiny, like sparks. Something mm-hmm. was very, like very shiny. And I was talking to a friend, you know, like for a long time, telling her about that dream, about that dream. And then I met this shaman and in Oaxaca, and we were talking about that dream. And I remember that she asked me, what, what happened to you when you were 15? And I was like, I don't remember. And she said, yeah, you remember. I was like, no, I don't remember. And then I remembered. And we were in Huautla, Oaxaca, which is like the place for the mushrooms, like the magical mushrooms. And I realized that maybe part of me wants to believe that those sparks, those shiny things that those like little pieces of gold, they were these mushrooms, something, Mm. you know? Mm. And in my dream, I wasn't alone. I had this like chance to do what I wanted to do with what I had in that moment. 
to do something good for me. And I guess that moment was like an awakening moment. That's beautiful. By the time you, you bought the pizza oven mm -hmm. and you quit your job, had you perfected your mushroom recipes so that it tasted a lot like meat or is that something that came later? No. So when I was with my friends before Los Losers, I remember that we were like doing like movie nights and different type of like, I don't know, dinners. And, and I was like, okay, like I can do something, but because everyone were doing something, but I was doing the normal thing that I did my whole life. I didn't want it to prove nothing. You know, mm -hmm. actually I was very insecure. Like I'm making like spring rolls. I don't know if they taste okay. And my friends were like, wow, next time you are cooking the whole meal. And I, <laughs> was, like, meal. And I was like, no, 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 no. I, I just do it for myself. Like, no, you are lying. You know, I was very insecure. When I started Los Losers, I, it started as a bike delivery service many, many years before these like delivery sure. apps. And I was doing a sandwich or a burger mm -hmm. and a dessert. That was it. It was just one option. So from and, Monday- And you were taking orders from your social media. You didn't have a website. Yeah. yeah. So from Monday to Friday, the shape of the bone changed. The whole preparation was different. The dessert was different because I get bored very often. Mm -hmm. And I was doing that. I just, I was playing. I never thought about doing a business, you know? I opened, I don't know, Facebook, Twitter, then Instagram. And I was like cooking, taking a picture, posting that, taking the order, packing, grabbing my backpack and delivering. The first day I delivered one burger and I was so happy. I was like, I can't believe it. Oh my God. And I was so happy. And then because I didn't re receive any other orders and on my way back, I was like, oh my God, she's because it was a girl. And I said, she's going to hate it. I don't know why am I doing this? Why did I quit my job? Next day, I receive, uh, I deliver three burgers. Mm -hmm. At the end of that month, I was delivering a hundred every day. And then people who were ordering, they were like, hey, can we help you? I have a bike. I can help you. And then I was like, no, I mean, I don't have money to pay. This is just for fun. And then I started like building a team. It was like I was doing an illegal business in my apartment. And then the by messengers that they were like delivering the food, they were from Scotland, Berlin, Paris, and they were professionals. I was like, wow, I can't believe it. These are mushroom burgers, right? Like burgers everything. made out of mushrooms. Every, yeah, everything. Every and I was like mushroom. adding different types of soy sauce or seaweed. But I was so afraid of telling people that because it's weird. How are you going to eat a burger with seaweed, you know? Right. 
Yeah. And all this Asian fusion was since the beginning. It was very challenging because people who wanted to do an interview or know about Los Losers, they were not Mexicans, no Mexican press, you know? Mm-hmm. It was outside of Mexico. And that right. made me feel very bad. I was like, why? And again, why is this is like my city is not accepting me? Why blah blah blah? Why is like other people wanted to know more and though and they don't even speak Spanish? But I remember that I was receiving like so many like newspapers and I all the time because I was afraid of being kicked out from the apartment. I was like, okay, so I like it very quiet, you know? So if we can speak like very low and they were like, okay, but no, I was lying. I was like so afraid of people listening and then finding that I was doing a business in my apartment. With time, I needed to move out. And one of the clients that became a friend of mine he found this place in Sinaloa Street. And then I was like, no, I can't pay that. No, I don't know. No, 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 no. I was so afraid, <laughs> you know? I, yeah. I couldn't see the big picture. And for, I don't know, at least two years, I was doing the same, a burger and a dessert, delivering from the restaurant. Because I thought that I was doing okay. Then I was doing, I was cooking my food. They love it. You never went to culinary school. You never got professionally trained. This is, you just kind of taught yourself how to do all of this, right? No, never. I never went to culinary school. And if I could go back in time, I will never do it because it's a gift. Again, it's like following your own rules and your own intuition. But Imagine that I sometimes I was living in, in Oaxaca and I was in the markets and I'm really, I think that I'm really good with my sense of smell. And I had this crazy imagination. And then I was just doing experiments. Even now I'm like, oh yeah, let's do this experiment of this dish. And everyone knows that it's not an experiment because in that moment, without trying it, we are selling it and people love it. And then I'm like, cool. Now we are like tasting it, you know, but no, I never went to culinary school, but I love to eat. I really love to eat. And well, the story is that there was this guy going to Los Losers and the door was completely closed. I don't know why I was so afraid, like, no. And he was every day for a burger and he became like this regular. And one day he said, no, 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 no. I want to cancel the burger. I want what Mariana is cooking. And I said, no, this is my food. And he said, yeah, I can pay for that. And then I said, no, it's my food. I'm cooking this for myself. And he was like, yes, but I'm paying. And we were fighting. Then I was like, no, but it's my food. At the end, it was a bowl of ramen. Next day, he, he got to Los Losers with six guys. And he said, okay, we want the same dish as yesterday. And then I was like, no, I'm doing my food and it's just one person. 
And they were like, but can you make it? We can wait. And I was like, why? We have burgers. And they were like, because it was really tasty. And then I realized that people love everything that I was cooking, that it was my food, you know, from that moment, because of that guy, he invited like a few Japanese people and they took me to Japan <laughs> to do ramen nights and teach people how to make my ramen. And I was like, oh, but I never tried a ramen before, a real ramen. Are you making fun of me? Where's the camera? No, you know, and everything changed again. My life changed and I was traveling the world cooking for people. You went from a one-woman show to getting these people to deliver, to opening up the restaurant, to hiring a staff, and all of that. Did that come naturally for you when you were expanding in that way? Or did you feel a little overwhelmed with the administrative part of running the restaurant? Well, I'm still learning after 10 years, but for me, it became very natural how to work with my team. It was like that part of myself that I discovered, like, you have to do this and blah, blah. And, you know, faster, esto, like very, as a leader, I guess. And I have this personality. I guess that I'm, I'm good at that. But then life, can you believe this? But life, it was like, hey, Marina, numbers, you know, maths. Mm-mm. I was like, no, <laughs> I can't believe it. No. And I was asking help in every person. And I was doing it all wrong. Now I have a team. We have the administrator and the accountant, and then, you know, I'm training this guy at the restaurant how to be a manager because I was doing everything and it was very hard. I made like a lot of mistakes I didn't knew. And I remember that moment when I needed to pay this crazy amount of taxes. And then I was like, what? And I remember that that counter said, yeah, congratulations. You are doing great. And I was like, no, but I need to pay. And she was like, yes, Mariana, but you, I mean, let me explain from the start, but it, it has been very, very hard because I don't have business partners, but I guess it's a learning experience day by day. I'm having fun. I love to be in my restaurant. When I'm in Mexico, I love to be there. And I'm very grateful that I have this team that trust me. And it's because of them that we are doing amazing, even with this pandemic. If you had to state your mission, you've articulated before that this is more than just a restaurant. This is a mission. What would you say your mission is? I mean, I'm just talking about now, but there is so much hate in the world. There's so much violence. It's like, it's, you watch the news and 
I don't know, you open social media and there's these images and stuff and it's crazy. It's very unfair that there's like a lot of people living a hard life or nightmares every day. And I try to be against any type of violence. It's not just against women or animals or kids. It's about everything because for me, it has to be like that. When I was a kid, I, I was all the time wanting to someone be like, no, you know, like, stop doing that, Mariana, or why you are doing this or blah, blah, blah. Someone to defend me. And I'm that type of person. If I'm like seeing something wrong, I always speak all the time. And I get in, in a lot of troubles for that. And I don't care. But yeah, there's so much hate. and. Then when we are right, when you think about this, it's like there's so much hate and there's like a lot of going out every day that what about the animals? You never think about the animals, but then they have feelings and fears. And I remember me a few years ago experimenting for the first time in my life, a panic attack. Mm. And then I was in Japan. And I thought that I was dying. You know, I was like, what is happening? I couldn't breathe. And, but it's because of all of that trauma, I guess. And then when, when you think about the life from an animal, that it's an earling as you and I, it's crazy. So my life is committed for the animals, from the, you know, non-humans, animals. And also... The most important thing is that I do believe that that love can change everything. And I guess that every day I try to cook with love. And in my mind, I imagine that when people, it's like eating the food, something change. There's like, maybe you can feel something. And maybe with that, we can change a side of you or something. I don't know. It's it's like feeding their soul. Right. And I don't know, the restaurant, it's like, we are energy. We are all connected. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess it's, it's that. It's trying to show the love that I have to everyone and being compassionate. Mm-hmm. And I try to be enlightened, you know, and I just want to share How do you define success for yourself these days? Now, success, being successful, it's being happy. Now I'm a, I'm a happy person, you know, I'm happy about my life. I'm very grateful for opening my eyes every morning. Let's say that somebody, a young woman here at Mexico City comes to you and says, you know, I'm really inspired by what you've created and I would like to start something, create something, what sort of advice would you offer to her? I mean, you need to trust the universe Mm. and you need to be fearless because at the end, no one, even with all the darkness and negativity and evilness, whatever, no one can hurt you. Your mind, it's bigger. Your soul, it's bigger than that. 
I mean, every day I'm talking to people and then I got really sensitive because they are telling me stories about how the project or me changed something in them. I'm proof of coming from the nowhere with nothing. And I built something because deep inside, I believe in myself. Deep inside, I knew and I know that I'm more than enough, you know, that every human being is special, that we deserve love, that we need to be awake because we forgot that we once were human beings. Last question. I see you have a photo of Malcolm X on your wall. What does he represent to you? Well, I had this, that story with that uh, paint. You know, um, Emory Douglas? No. He was um, the illustrator, the artist from that time. Okay. From the Black Panthers. And a few years ago, he came to Mexico and I cooked for him. I was delivering the food for him and he gave me that pain as a, as a gift. How beautiful. Yeah. I've been very lucky to cook for like amazing people. But for me, it represents freedom and rebellion. I don't know. It's more like being in this like constant fight, a never ending fight, you know? And it's like, it's like when you have hope and then you see this little light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, it's crazy. But there's, there's a light. Well, it's interesting, you know, Malcolm, I was looking at a clip somebody posted about Malcolm X yesterday or the day before, and he was talking about freedom and how in order for the black man to gain freedom, you have to take it. You can't wait for someone to give it to you. And so you're hearing your story. It reminds me of that, that you in many ways, I think that dream you had when you were 15 was the moment the part of you who was waiting for someone to give you your freedom died and you woke up maybe not even aware of this, but you realized that you had to take your own freedom and you had to be on your own path. And that's the moment that you sort of became your most rebellious self. And so it's not, it's not surprising that your life has kind of taken you in this direction And this is what I tell people all the time is everybody wants to be on their purpose and find their calling and all that, but it's, it's, it's going to require a lot of courage because you're constantly having to take leaps of faith in directions where you don't know how it's going to turn out. But when you do take those leaps, you will see opportunities that you would not have seen had you not taking the chance had you not followed your heart. You, there's no way you can possibly see everything that's happened, cooking for the, the artist and traveling to Japan. And, you know, all those things that happened came as a result of you taking a leap of faith and listening to your inner voice. So I just want to acknowledge you for that and for being the example. I haven't interviewed a whole lot of restaurateurs, but Being in your restaurant, it didn't feel like just being in any old restaurant with good food. It felt like I was a part of something when I was in there. And there were so many things on the walls and just the decor and just the whole vibe and the the friendliness of the servers that it reflected 
you know, they say that attitude is a reflection of leadership. So it reflected whoever started this thing, I bet that he or she has a crazy story. And so I wasn't surprised to hear your, <laughs> your story. And so, yeah, Thank you. It, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> and I can't wait to see what else you all, what you create, because you're still really young as a human and you still have a lot more to do and a lot more people to inspire. So I, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank for you. Coming on. Thank you. Thank you. And if anybody goes to Mexico City listening to this, you have to make sure you go by Los Losers, L-O-O-S-E-R. Is it with an S at the end? Los Loser or Losers? S. Yeah, with an S. With an Los S. Los Losers. Okay. Yeah. And also follow Los Losers on social media. And you have a website now, finally, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's very boring and I need to work on that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you thank again. You. Thank you for tuning into my interview with Mariana Blanco. If you ever find yourself in Mexico City, you have to add Los Losers to your list of restaurants to visit. The food is so delicious and the mission is so sweet. Their Instagram is at Los Losers. That's L-O-S-L-O-O-S-E-R-S. And Mariana's Instagram is at Mariana Blanco, M-A-R-I-A-N-A-B-L-A-N-C-O. And of course, we'll put all the links to everything in the show notes, which you can find at lightwatkins.com slash tunnel. Speaking of lightwatkins.com, while you're there, you'll also see my announcement for the Knowing Where to Look audiobook, which is out now. And I'm making the announcement because it didn't come out when the print version came out, but it is out now. It is read by me and it includes some bonus commentary about the backstory of some of the doses of inspiration that you may already know and love. So if you are a fan of the hardcover, you will certainly love the audiobook as it is a perfect companion to that version. And if you are like me and you never really buy hardcover books, you will love the audiobook because it is read by me and it includes the bonus commentary. So definitely check that out when you can. You can also get information on my Happiness Insiders community, which has a free three-day trial and a complimentary seven-day meditation kickstart if you join. And being a part of that community will change your life from the inside out. So just go to thehappinessinsiders.com to get more information about that and start your, your three-day trial. Finally, if you can subscribe and leave a rating or review for this podcast, that would be amazing. It would be the best way to share these conversations and to inspire other people. Ratings matter way more than you probably realize when it comes to making these podcasts more searchable. I don't have advertisers or sponsors yet, so it's it's very much been a labor of love for me. And each episode takes hours of pre and post production, as you can probably imagine. And so just a very tiny way that you can help me share these conversations is by taking 10 seconds to rate it. Just look at your screen right now on your phone or your tablet or your computer. Click the name of the podcast on the Apple podcast app or website. Scroll down past the previous episodes and you will see five blank stars. Click the one on the right 
and you've left a rating and that's great. That's all you have to do. If you want to go the extra mile and leave a couple of sentences about what you like in the podcast in the review section, then that would also be appreciated. Thanks in advance for that. And I hope to see you back here next week for the next story from the end of the tunnel. Until then, as always, please keep trusting your intuition. Definitely keep following your heart. And whatever you do, don't stop taking those leaps of faith. And if no one's told you recently that they believe in you, I believe in you. Thank you so much and have a great day. If you want to get a little extra nudge when it comes to following your heart and taking leaps of faith and believing in yourself each day, then you want to sign up for my free daily dose of inspiration email. You'll join 30,000 other subscribers who receive a short inspirational story or anecdote that's meant to inspire you to become the best version of yourself each day. You can sign up at lightwatkins.com and you'll get your first inspirational message as early as tomorrow. Again, just go to lightwatkins.com. You can sign up for free and you'll wake up each morning inspired to be the best version of yourself.